one in the ACC is alive. Now, we don't often do snap reaction pods here at Balling in the Six, but this is, in fact, the biggest trade since Kawhi came to the Raptors back in 2018. Yes, you heard it right. Just before the trade deadline yesterday, Matt Thomas went to the Utah Jazz for a second round pick. But ignoring that, and I'm sure we'll dissect that in a later episode, there was a slightly different trade which made its way, and that was not the exit of Kyle Lowry, who, against all odds, will remain a Toronto Raptor at least until the end of the season. But unfortunately, one of the Raptors' cult heroes, Norman Powell, is no longer balling in the six. He was traded for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. And the interesting thing is that Toronto and Portland aren't two teams that interact that much. I think the last big trade was actually um, Studemeyer who went to Portland um, back in the day, I think it was for Alvin Williams, if I'm correct. Um, that was a long time ago. And of course the two teams only play each other a couple of times a season. So Raptors fans may be wondering what they're getting from Gary Trent and Rodney Hood and whether in fact it's a good deal at all. And luckily of course we have, he's flown back from Portland last night in light of the news, our Portland correspondent Samuel Jeffries to tell us everything. Samuel, welcome once again to this Snap Reaction podcast. You flew as soon as you heard the news, didn't you? It was just monumental. I had to be here in person to film the podcast. Great. And so from straight off the bat, from a Portland perspective, are you happy with this trade going forward based on Portland's ambition to be a contender this year? I mean, it's a, it's a win-now trade from Neil Olshi. He is giving up a younger piece who does probably have a higher ceiling than Norman Powell in Gary Trent Jr. and some salary, a salary filler in Rodney Hood to get Norman Powell, an elite three shooter who plays good defense and fits the timeline more. He's in his, moving into his prime years now. I think he's 27, if I'm not wrong. Yes. And that, that he fits the timeline of Covington, who's around 29, Lillard, McCollum, Nurkic. They're all entering their primes now. Portland, with this trade, have definitively gone into win-now mode. And so I do think it is a good trade for them. Right, yeah, I mean, from a Raptors perspective, and of course, we're not a Portland podcast, but Portland do get one, just a Raptors cult legend, as we said. He's turned around three playoff series single-handedly, two against the Bucks and one against the Pacers. And overall, this season, he has been really a rare spark in what's been a really up-and-down season, you know, along with the likes of Chris Boucher, and uh, Kyle Lowry. It's been Norman Powell that has been leading this team and that's forced his way into the starting lineup as a real undersized number three. And he could bring, he definitely bring something different to Portland as that third scorer behind Lillard and uh, CJ McCollum that I think Portland has definitely needed, you know, that they maybe haven't quite got from the likes of Carmelo Anthony. But we're mainly here to talk about what Toronto get. We're going to go for the most underwhelming part of the pick, uh, of the trade, which was, of course, Rodney Hood. Um, is this at all, could this be a long-term prospect for the Raptors? How is Rodney Hood doing this season? What does he bring? But firstly, just tell us what type of player he is. 
I mean, he was a very good 3 and D player before his Achilles injury. He's still a great player on defense. I think there's a couple of times this season where Terry Stotts has trusted him as a, as a stopper. But this year, coming off that Achilles injury, he has just lost all ability to shoot that three ball. He was scorching the Nets last year before his injury. I think shooting around 50% from three. But he's just been nowhere near that level. Yeah, he's, he's shooting 36% uh, from the field, averaging 19 minutes and just under five points a game. Um, it's not quite what you want, and it's definitely a regression. Um, but as a, on the defensive end, uh, he's a six for eight, uh, three, he plays at three and four. He plays a three more, yeah. And and I think he kind of fits into that uh, kind of OG Stanley Watanabe kind of build, that stocky build who can, you know, take on the play. It's something that we've talked about before on the podcast, something that the Celtics do quite a lot, which is players who can defend multiple positions. Um, is there any way he can play centre? He, he can't play centre. He can at shift all. over to the four, oh. but he's he's not one of those guys that can fill in the centre. I was, I was hoping, you know, OG did an admirable job against Jokic on Wednesday, which we'll discuss later, but uh, Raptors didn't get a big man in the end, it seems. What they did get, of course, is a brilliant young prospect. Um, 20... Is he 22 years old? 22 years old. 22 year old Gary Trent Jr. Now again, tell us more about him. Well, he's... A phenomenal shooter. He's, he's only 22, as we've just said, and he's shooting, I think, 40% from three on around um, over seven attempts a game, if I'm not wrong. And he's he just scorches the nets from out there. Phenomenal shooter, and he's a really high-energy defender. And the thing with him, I think he, he fits the, the Raptors' culture. And in the way he was raised from a second-round pick and steadily improved in a couple of years, I think he's similar to Norman Powell somewhat in that sense. In, in that is he's a well-cultivated and developed uh, late pick, someone who you wouldn't expect to be really a rotational player at all, but it just forces their way in. And what did you say earlier, um, what was said about the comparison between Trent Jr. and Powell, especially with the timelines of these two teams? I think, that, I think that Trent, because of the Raptors now really going into rebuild mode, likely going to lose Lowry in the off-season, Probably rolling with Van Vliet, Siakam, OG Ananubi, and hopefully I think they'll aim to re-sign Trent. It's it's a much younger core. Powell's someone entering his prime. So I think at that point they had to decide, okay, we're going to effectively go for a younger version of Powell, which many think is exactly what Trent is. He's a player who will probably be around that level. That's where a lot of people expect him to be in a couple of years, where he is basically Norman Powell. What Norman has over him is a great finishing ability that Trent hasn't quite developed yet and only is, I think, second year in the league. But he just fits the Raptors' timeline uh, much, much better for them. Yeah, you've got to remember the whole reason this trade was done, of course, was because of salary. Was Norm was likely to walk in the offseason uh, if the Raptors did not sign him to a 20 million plus contract. Do you think that that's something that the quickly that the Blazers will be prepared to do? Do you think that's the reason they made the trade? That confident of not only contending this season but keeping someone like Norm, you know, he's still young, still 27, fits with Damon CJ's timeline of the next couple of years in their prime. Um, is this something that you they they be prepared to pay? I think they'd have to be considering that they gave away Gary Trent Jr., who is one of the most highly regarded players. Well, he was in the organization as a person, teammate, and uh, and with, with quite a high potential. He's not the kind of player you just give away for a one-season rental somebody. 
So they'd definitely be willing to uh, re-sign Norman Powell. And if they don't, then they've given up Gary Trent Jr. for six months of, you know, a, a, a good NBA starter, but nothing, no, no all-star caliber player. Yeah, of course, the Raptors just did not have enough and they weren't probably prepared to pay Norman Powell, quite surprisingly, uh, especially since they kept Kyle Lowry in the end. But Gary Trent, uh, he's only earning, of course, he's a free agent at the end of the season, just earning $1.6 on his uh, rookie contract. Restricted free agent. Yeah, yeah, restricted free agent. And the Raptors' sort of talk going around is that they're likely to sign him for around 15 to $20 million. So it's slightly cheaper, it's a younger player, and I think it's a win-win for both sides at the end of the day. Um, it's even, it's a bit, I think Rodney Hood is the bonus in this, if he can do anything. Of course, there was an interesting story a few years ago, Rodney Hood disrespected the Raptors so much that during a fourth quarter playoff game with the Cleveland Cavaliers, he actually refused to take to the floor. Um, he just did not want to play for some reason. Um, of course, the Cavs swept the Raptors as they did three years in a row. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting once he's getting paid by Toronto. Maybe he'll uh, turn around his attitude and uh, hopefully recover f- further from this from this injury that he's he's still coming back from. But overall, it's a complete win-win. I mean, and as I say at the start, it is definitely the biggest movement since Kawhi came to the Raptors. Um, Norman Powell, of course, is leaving in very different circumstances to DeRozan because, of course, he would walk at the end of the season. The big surprise is the that Kyle Lowry is staying. Uh, he wasn't traded and... That was massive. I think everyone was expecting a watch bomb or a Shams. What would you call it? A Shams revelation. Um, not not as cool Shams, sorry. Um, by seven o'clock yesterday, UK time. But there was just nothing coming. Uh, sources said afterwards to those two that there was just not a good enough deal. You know, they wanted Taylor and Hall and Tucker. They wanted Tyler Hero. They wanted um, Maxi and a couple of picks. And those teams just weren't offer, weren't willing to offer that. What this does do is it opens the possibility of a sign and trade in the offseason. Kyle Lowry could also, if he wanted, still remain a Raptor for the rest of his career, based on what they do in the offseason, based on if maybe Gary Trent has an amazing half a season, and suddenly you're looking at Lowry, Van Vliet, Trent, an always improving Siakam, always improving OG, and you get a big man in the offseason, oh, suddenly you're contenders again. And uh, we'll talk about more about the Nuggets game in the next podcast. But if it's anything like that performance, anything like that full strength Raptors side coming back, especially after recovering from a few weeks from COVID, uh, you've got a positive future to look towards. So while some might, might be disappointed about not dealing Lowry and him facing the possibility of walking in the offseason, of course, the 2019 whole of the 2019 Raptors core, um, with the exception of normal Powell, has basically walked, right? If you look at Gasol, Ibaka, Kawhi, uh, they all went for free. Um, and, uh, you know, you would probably be grateful to get someone like Gary Trent in for uh, Norman Powell. So that's all we're going to talk about today. Thanks once again to Samuel Jeffries. He'll be back as Portland correspondent pretty soon. Of course, Raptors face Portland on Saturday. And I'm sure uh, Samuel will make an appearance in the next podcast to discuss Norman Powell v. Gary Trent Jr., but on the opposite teams. Uh, that's all of it from us that is your snap reaction that is your balling in the six snap Uh, and we'll see you next time the next pick here in the second round they took Marvin Bagley the third with the second overall pick let's see what Mark Tatum has to offer now with the 37th pick in the 2018 NBA draft the Sacramento Kings select Gary Trent Jr. from Duke University 
It is a Blue Devil kind of night for the Kings. They took Bagley second overall and take Gary Trent Jr. early in the second round. Well, Gary Trent Jr. is another guy that can shoot the ball. Had 97 threes on the season, shot over 40% from three on the year. Earlier in the year, he was well over 50%, got off to an unbelievable start. Very good range on his shot uh, and a very good stroke. He's a shot maker. The question with Gary Trent Jr. is defensively. Uh, he may lack lateral quickness. Uh, a lot of people, or some people, I shouldn't say a lot, some people question his feet. Does, does he have slow feet? Not a great defender, but, but offensively, a, a very solid player.